This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Thomas, and I'm here with your other host, the awesome, amazing, cool, all the things, <laughs> Brooke Kills. <laughs> I just, just, I just walk around I just with make me it awkward. all the time. No, thank you. That's good. <laughs> yes. She's awesome, and you know it. Uh, so today, we're going to be diving into our mental health portion of this series. And really today, what we want to talk about, because this is going to be two parts, is we're going to be breaking down terminology. And today's society, mental health, like that term, you hear it all over the place. And it can get really easy, or it can be really easy to maybe hear terminology from people who know what they're talking about. I don't know how to say that in a nice way, but but maybe to not get the whole story. And so Brooke actually does know what she's talking about. There you <laughs> so go. Yes. We're excited. <laughs> she is going to be breaking down um, just some basic terms of mental health, some methods, um, even stuff like depression. And so Brooke, do you mind um, for one, which we know you've done this before, but just giving everyone a refresher of your background, what you do here specifically at Mercy. And then um, let's talk for a minute about the difference between like behavioral therapy and mental health and then what, how what we do at Mercy might differ from that. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, my background is I have a master's in counseling and a PhD in marriage and family therapy. Um, and so, and I'm licensed as an LPC. So, you know, I'm a counselor, therapist, She's know, a boss. there you go, yes. um, <laughs> by trade. Um, and then my position here is executive director of counseling services. And so I get to oversee the counseling in, um, all four of our U S locations and, have supervision with them and train them and, you know, just keep them encouraged. Um, and, and basically that they're at the top of their game. And, and luckily we have really brilliant people that are counselors in all of our locations. So that makes it really easy. I'm going to also, um, oversee the intake department and adoptions as well as transitional care and then program manuals and data and all of those things. So, um, it's, it's, I get to do a lot, which is really, really fun. Um, but it's all really with the guys of, of how we serve, mm. you know, our residents or sure. applicants or whatever the best, you know, that we can. Sure. So sure. I love it. Cool. Can you break down those, I guess, methods? Am I saying that the right way? So like, sure. Yeah. What we do here at mercy compared to maybe what a lot of people might get outside of mercy and what maybe behavioral therapy even is if, I said that and people are like, well, that sounds cute, but what does that mean? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm going to circle back and just say, you know, mental health is something that we hear a lot about mm-hmm. now. And I think we all think we know what that means. And and really at the end of the day, it means whatever it means to you. <laughs> I, I mean, it's become, sure. it's become such a part of the vernacular that it just means what it means, mm-hmm. right, yeah. um, to an individual person. And so that can be everything from, you know, mm-hmm. I've... I've really been working too hard and I need to take a mental health day, which I heard a comedian the other day and, and he was like, I don't know. It was the funniest thing. Basically (laughs) he said, you know, this guy called into work and was like, you know, uh, I need, I need to take a mental health day. 
And he was like, what does that mean? Like, we're all sad, Doug. Like, you just come to work and be sad. It's fine. Yeah. And it's really funny because I think, especially in my lifetime, you know, and, and I, you know, my dad is a psychologist and my mom's a social worker. And so I've seen as well as, you know, my dad's a pastor and all the preacher kid stuff that comes along with mm-hmm. that fun. Sure. Um, but I've seen just it really shift over the years where no one would ever say I need a mental health day mm-hmm. yeah. to, you know, now it's expected sure. like, yeah, if you need to take a break, which is really great sure. um, that 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 has happened in the sense of, you know, hey, you've worked really hard. You should maybe rest like rest is important. I right. feel like it's in the Bible somewhere and so um, you know I think that you know and that is a joke I do know it's in the Bible I want to clarify because if people aren't here and they're on a podcast they're like does she know the Bible I do I do I know it Um, so yeah she a believer Uh, so circling back to that I mean but what we see so it's everything from you need to rest right to depression and anxiety to complex trauma severe traumatic events that have happened um high you know high levels of abuse um to some of the ones that that I would say you know I say unexplained meaning none of us can agree on it in the mental health profession gotcha. things like schizophrenia you know different mental health the heavier diagnoses if you will sure. um and so it really is a range and it means what it means to you gotcha um so and and the interventions would look differently and so circling back to that i mean you know traditionally counseling is seen as and i I think now more than ever is how can i cope Mm -hmm. with what is hard for me um and is really no longer seen as how can i intervene and actually shift towards being free from this thing Mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of reasons for that that i will not get into if someone catches me i can talk to you about this for a very (laughs) long time but i won't but what we do differently at Mercy is, number one, you know, obviously we believe that Jesus is a healer, mm-hmm. right? So there's healing from these things that that, that hurt us, right. Right? right? Whatever that looks like. And if even we go through fruits of the spirit, right? Fruits of the spirit mm-hmm. or joy. And a lot of times, like, there's a lot of them. I'm just listing that one for this, <laughs> for this purpose. But, you know, I was thinking the other day how so much in this field you can just start to accept that, mm-hmm. sure, people are just depressed and that's how they will be because when you deal with someone struggling with that thing for so long even you can start to believe it Mm -hmm. and really the lord the other day i have to go read through the fruits of the spirit over and over and over and remind myself that is not god's best and so Mm -hmm. there's freedom for that not shame for those who continue to struggle with that that does not mean that they are not doing what they need to do with the lord Mm -hmm. right but for me to walk somebody to freedom i better sure believe that they can actually get to freedom sure you know, and yeah. then I'm not going to blame them if it doesn't look the way that I think it should look. Mm, and that's, that's a really good. tough balance. Right. Good, yeah. um, but the, what we do differently at Mercy is that we have all of these counselors who are, you know, uh, master's level, either licensed in their state, you know, do all the things, do their um, their CEUs. They're trained. They spend a lot of time with me, probably more than they would like to <laughs> on all the best practices, on sure. understanding how to be trauma informed on the, you know, all of the techniques, right. Um, that, that we use, but the difference is, is that all of that is to serve a purpose that the resident can have a relationship with the Lord. Mm, So if we have somebody walk through our doors, that's been, you know, just traumatized or really just doesn't even know who the Lord is because of hurts and relationships with other people, our job is to do the counseling with them, to do all the things that we would do, 
but also it's getting them to a healthy enough place that they can have a relationship with the Lord, that they can hear from him mm. and that he becomes the comforter, right? Yeah. He is the healer in the yes. process. And we just kind of get to facilitate that yeah. in the meantime. And so it's, we don't talk about, we're not teaching you to cope with your self harm. Mm-hmm. We're going to dig in into the root issue of why that happened, right? Yeah. A, a sweet little five-year-old girl does not decide I'm just going to self harm today. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And so our thing is to dig to the root. It's not, if you get angry, let's learn how to count to 10, right? And mm-hmm. calm down. That's a great strategy for a moment. But as we talk about, you you just move things around. Sure. Um, I think a really overt example of that is a lot of times you'll see with addiction, for example, to substances. Mm-hmm. So maybe they come into home or a residential treatment by background is in addiction treatment. And, you know, they'll come into treatment and so they never struggled with food, but now they can't have their drug. And so now they're struggling with food, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as we take whatever your release is away, you just move it around. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. so they were like, I've never had any issues with food. <laughs> right. But that is your comfort right now. That sure. is where you, so we've got to dig to, to the root and see what, what's, what are, what are you covering? What are you hiding? What are yes. you afraid of? Right. Yes. And let the Lord work in those places. And so I hope that explains it. It's, it's very, at the end of the day, it's very simple, but also very complex. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of hard to, to give that quick answer. But the reality is, is that we do all of the best practices in counseling with the, with the goal of, because they voluntarily come, voluntarily come here for that goal, right? right? right. They choose to come and do this. They sure. choose to do this program, um, that they are going to have their own relationship with the Lord, that they're going to seek him about what does he say about it. And also our counselor spent a lot of time praying over our girls. Mm. All right, Lord, where do we need to go in session? Yeah, right. That's good. And, and doing those things and they just do it so well. Yeah, so we're yeah. very, very fortunate. Yeah. I love it. And I love you talking about getting to the root of the problem. Um, and if you've been with mercy any length of time, or if you've come to an empower workshop, which you should, yeah, everyone you should, everyone just, should every, it's just <laughs> going to be episode. a commercial every, every, every time. Episode. And they're really fun. They are so fun. And I think teaches. I say that every, yeah, well, that's why, which is why, why they're fun. so bomb. Yes. <laughs> but they talk about this and, and let's, I mean, even address it from like, if, if you have no background in counseling, which that would be me, obviously, um, these tools are still so helpful because I think in our everyday life, we see our our symptoms or we see what we call here like the branches and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to work on this in my life or I need, you know, this overeating or, um, you know, my drinking or whatever it may be. Right. And we're not getting to the root or to the source of actually what is really um, eating us alive, so to speak. We're just think if we can nip these things in the bud or fix these things, right. then we'll be whole. And so I love that. I love that that's part of everything we do and that's part of how we are helping point people to freedom and wholeness in Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, let me ask you too, on that same line, I guess, of thought, um, that makes sense with how we address counseling at mercy, but for Christian counseling in general, people may be curious or maybe even confused, um, yeah. with what biblical counseling looks like versus maybe traditional counseling quote unquote secular counseling how yeah. do those two sorry I used quotes, no, I like air it. quotes what, how do those differ from each other and what would one expect going to one versus the other oh okay um, give it to us girl. yeah there's I have so many things I, you know I'm going to start by saying this using the word counseling can be very confusing for people um, I am extremely passionate about those in, in the field of counseling 
doing the legal and ethical thing, which is being registered and licensed with your state board. Mm. Um, you know, it is it is technically unethical for people to walk around and say that they are a counselor when they are not. Um, and there's legal ramifications for that. Mm. And, and and here's the thing. I think that sometimes people feel like if they do that, it somehow legitimizes what it what they do. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that it actually doesn't. It holds you to a standard that you technically aren't covered by, mm-hmm. by insurance or covered by your board or your local association. Mm-hmm. And it also actually diminishes what you're doing, which is probably trying to disciple people. Yeah. And discipling people is so important. And it does not have to be, let's pretend we're doing counseling sure. or say that to legitimize it. Discipling in and of itself is important. Do not cover it and call it anything else. It is so powerful. And I'm saying this as a counselor because I am really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But one hour a week with me, maybe two, because usually that's how long sessions go, is not going to change somebody's life specifically, right? When we're mm-hmm. talking about outside of the world, because we've sure. moved away from mercy. Let me be very clear, right? We're just right. talking about in general. Right. And so, but but two hours a week with a good counselor, you know, and, and the rest of the time being discipled by the mm-hmm. church or other people in your life and being in community, that is where the Lord is going to show up and bring freedom. Mm. Right. And so and so those are the pieces we get to help with kind of the more severe stuff. We get to help with the techniques and the skill and all of the things that we are, you know, hopefully highly trained to do and have spent a lot of time honing our skills to do because that's what it is. Right. This art and a science. But, you know, so I just want to clarify that. I want to say that. And then you you ask the question about biblical counseling versus you know, my least favorite word, which is secular know, sorry. counseling. It's to... okay. It is what it is. That preacher's kid thing that I'm just like, can we find another sorry, word for anything? Yes, um, and so traditionally, and there may be some people out there who do biblical counseling and hopefully they will not be offended by this, but traditionally biblical counseling is not counseling in the sense of you're not registered with the board. You don't have a license, you know, you're not licensed as this. They may get certified, um, but there's not a state agency overseeing what you do an ethics board in that way. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they traditionally believe that everything can be found in the Bible. That's not wrong. Okay. But there's also the level of skill that comes in, you know, complex trauma and just all of these different sure. things that have happened that at the end of the day, Normally, my experience are are not trained sure. to handle. Sure. Right. So can now, I ask you a question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going back to what you were saying about biblical counseling, certified versus accredited, mm-hmm. are those two different things? Yeah. So the, okay. so accreditation is what ha- is is what the school is. So okay. the school is either going to be accredited for whatever. So okay. a counseling program is going to be like KCREP accredited, okay. which is a, a counseling accreditation, right? Sure. So that's okay. how you know. They're relatively legit. Everybody's learning about the same thing. Accreditation. Yeah. And then, but certification. So I I do have people approach me like, well, I'm a certified biblical counselor. Yeah. Great. That's so good. But, (laughs) and that's good. No, but here's the thing. Just know the limit of your scope. Just like I have to know the limit of my scope, right? There is a group of people that I know that I am not qualified nor trained to help. I have to know who those people are because if I don't, I will harm them. Yeah. 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 Right. And so that like, that's, there's other people who are gifted in that. So if someone, if you go to a biblical counselor, Right. Sure. And they should most of them are because I do believe most people are are just here to be good at what they do. 
issue, then they need to know their scope. And so there's a line where you go, okay, hey, this is outside of my scope. And now I'm going to refer to either this type of counselor or a medical doctor or, right, and we can get into why you have to have referrals for this exact reason. Does that make sense? I know it it can get a little complicated, but the thing is, it's not a bad thing. It's just everyone has their scope and we have to understand what that is. And you as a consumer of this skill, if you can say, or this product, you know, need to know that you have the ability to say, so what, what is your scope? And they should be able to answer that very clearly. Okay. Um, and very simply, Sure. to be honest with you. Right. Just I mean, what's crazy is as you were saying that I realized that in doing some of this research, I had been using those terms interchangeably. So like in my mind, cause I didn't, right. this is my background. So I'm like, Oh, accreditation certification. It's like the same thing, but it's not right. And okay. licensing yeah. is different. Licensing okay. is with your state, okay. right? They yeah. have oversight. The, the licensing board is going to be with the state government. They okay. have the ability. And so their job as the state government is to, to protect the consumer. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that is where if there's an ethical complaint against someone you know a counselor that's registered with the state well the state is going to intervene they're going to send their lawyers their people to investigate and so their job is to protect the consumer and so we have that's who writes our laws that we have to live by right right? Right, right. and so that's where we get into you have levels of accountability and i think historically kind of the quote-unquote christian counseling thing because biblical counseling and christian counseling are also different just in case we wanted to get confused I'm learning so much further, right? <laughs> right? And, yes. and, and probably people are going to be like, I think I get it, but there's more, there is more. Okay. okay. Um, but I think that, you know, with Christian counselors, there's been this, this, what I have seen, this idea that, well, I'm just going to do Christian counseling and I don't need to be registered with the board. Okay. And, and this is me speaking as a professional for myself. I am not speaking as for anyone else here, but to me, that's so disheartening because if if we believe what we say we believe, mm-hmm. which is that Christ brings freedom, right. then respectfully we're saying that we are we know the way to wholeness, mm-hmm. and our way to wholeness has no place being hidden off mm-hmm. just in the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is this idea that that if I go get licensed or I get a quote unquote real counseling degree degree. Right which is what I've heard. I don't want to go get a real counseling degree. And I'm like, well, please go do that. Wow. Please go get that real counseling yeah. degree because there are skills and there are techniques, but none of that disqualifies what you know about the Lord. Mm, none good. of that disqualifies, you know, your gifting in your relationship with God or how to bring that into the therapy room. In yeah. fact, it will amplify it. Yeah. And if you can't that's reconcile so those two things, then frankly, that's with you. Yep. That's not the place you're going because yeah. we walk out in this world every day and people are like, you're a Christian. That's stupid. Right. Right. That's right. a common thing. Yeah. Just be okay with it and right. then prove them wrong because That's at the end good. of the day, we should be the best. Yes. Right. Christian yes. counseling at this point. Yes. If you go to somebody and go, you know, yeah, I'm going to counseling. Well, you know, it's a Christian counselor. Most people are like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Respectfully, I believe that if people say you go to a Christian counselor, it needs to shift. We should be at the head of the game. We should Mm, be the one saying, you know, we should be having clients that are having the most freedom. Yes. Right. We should be held to a higher standard. And so you don't have to be afraid to go and do that. Yeah. Right. Now there's also a place for the people again, who are like, you know what? I really want to pray with people and, and, and war with them that way. Go do that. Yes. Go do it. That's okay. But know what you're doing, know why and know your scope in that process. Yeah, man something else that I had the opportunity to do at Mercy to get to know the character of God. And 
that was something I deeply needed. But I really didn't believe that deep down he was good and that he was a good father to me. And so I had opportunity to learn truth. And I got to see that truly the truth of the Lord, when I, became to, when I got to know it, it would bring freedom in my life. If I could share something with those that have partnered or supported Mercy, I would say thank you. Thank you for sowing seeds. The seeds that you've sown are ones that have actually given opportunity for seeds of healing to come into my life um, and many other girls and women like me. Seeds of hope to actually plant it in our hearts that when we had given up on ourselves, there were others that hadn't given up on us. And so I would say thank you for your walking in obedience. And then I think the other side is you mentioned the secular piece, you know, and, and that is that where we're at now with mental health, and, and I've said this a lot, but with mental health awareness came mental health apathy and that's this idea that we just all have to deal with it right. or here's a, a medication, take that. And now and it just is what it is. I hope it helps. Right. And there's nothing, I'm not criticizing medication. There is a time and a place, sure. no doubt, but it doesn't heal. Mm. Right. And yeah. so I think that, um, for the most part, that's a, we can get into neuroscience at an, another day <laughs> in time, but you know what I'm saying? But sure. there are places for the most part, it, you know, most of the times when I've worked with people, they get on antidepressants and it gets them enough to be able to engage, sure. but it doesn't heal. Right. right. And so, and all of the st- statistics show that, um, with the secular counseling is that medication plus counseling is the most impactful mm-hmm. and you can all, you know, understand why. Sure. Um, but the other side is that the, the heart of, of that world is, is we're teaching you to cope. Mm. Even though, you know, therapist means healer, I don't really believe that we are practicing that, right? Mm. And the people that my colleagues that I love so much and we research together and we still all have wonderful relationships, um, but but they don't believe that, for the most part, that people are truly healed from it. They just learn gotcha. to cope with it really well. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just not something I ascribe to. Some people do, and that's where they're going to get, and that's okay. okay. Um, but but explaining kind of the theoretical difference of it, I, I hope that's as clear as mud yeah. for everybody. Yeah, no, it is clear <laughs> for as everybody. Yes. So. No, that's so good and, and so helpful. And just breaking down some terminology again and some of those details that, like, you assume you know because you talk to people who actually may not know, <laughs> and you just take them at face value or um, – if you don't have a lot of background or experience in this, you're mixing up those terms and you don't understand the difference or the implication of what those things mean. Right. Or frankly, you know? I mean, and, and really for my heart is for the people who utilize the services because mm-hmm. it's, you know, yeah. know what you're consuming, yes. know what you're paying for. And sometimes that, you know, we trust the professionals and, and there's a place. I mean, I know there was this thing a while back and I'm sure it's a lifetime movie by now. <laughs> um, but it was like this, this guy was just was like, yeah, I'm a medical doctor and just had this huge successful practice and had never gone to medical school. It sounds exactly like a lifetime movie. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. And yeah, because yeah. nobody asked, <laughs> you know, Oh my gosh. Um, so Anyway, I'm just saying, yeah. so there's a place for us to be like, so what does that mean? What is your scope? Yes. You know, and then also as a, as a professional, wherever you identify yourself as knowing your scope and sure. knowing what your limit is and, and then how can I support people when it's outside of my scope? Sure. Sure. Most definitely. Cool. Um, let's get into the weeds just for a second here. Okay. Let's go depression, which we hear that term a lot too. Mm-hmm. Depression. You wrote, and if I get this wrong, you just correct okay. the verbiage that I get wrong. You wrote an article um, 
for the magazine here, Multiply, in 2018, uh, that stated how antidepressants were the most commonly prescribed medication in America in 08, with the number of kids diagnosed with depression almost equal to adults, which is crazy. Like, that blows my mind. Why do you think that we saw that increase? And what do you... Why why would depression be so rampant today with kids? I mean, just all the easy questions. <laughs> you have. No, I, I, I'll, I'll stick with. Yeah, again, I mean, there's going to be just so many factors, but I'll I'll go with one. I mean, we what we've also seen is significant levels um, of increase with abuse. I mm-hmm. mean, we're at I think one in three girls, one in six boys has been molested oh prior to the age of eighteen. You know, we're getting to where uh, the ACEs study basically showed, you know, people with, I think, and look, don't misquote me, somebody out there is going to be like, she's wrong. And that's true. (laughs) I probably am. But I think it's like, um, if you have more than six events or less than right at six, three to six events of traumatic, like traumatic events in your life, it decreases your life expectancy dramatically. Oh, my word. Um, We have, you know, as we know, like, just crazy increases in the amount of suicide, um, you know, between kind of the, the 18 to kind of 45, I think is the age that we're just seeing this dramatic increase. Um, life expectancy has shift Mm. shifted, you know, to lessen our parents again for another year. And a huge part of that is due to suicide. And so I, I just think if you think about all of those things happening, let's just say that alone, the risk, you know, of, of suicide and, and, or if we all just know somebody who's been hurt, mm-hmm. right? We just, I mean, I know this is the most lame excuse ever, but we live in a broken world and it's mm-hmm. not getting better because the answer is not the real one. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And so, and you know, and there's this idea that we'll all just be kind to each other. But mm-hmm. what we know is that that takes you being kind to yourself. Mm, that's good. That takes forgiveness, that's which good. no one talks about yes. except for Jesus right. for the most part. Right. We all try and pretend we know what that means. Sure. You know, I've had conversations with some of the other day. I was like, you know, you are struggling with so much contempt and mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to be free with this thing until you forgive. And they're not a Christian, so they have no idea what that means. What's really cool about that is I've been able to go, so why don't you go find out about forgiveness from all the resources and you tell me which one makes sense. And so what they came back with was, so basically Jesus is the only one that did this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, right. And so, you know, we we are holding people to these standards that they can't uphold, you know. And so on top of everything else, but I mean, people are just living in more traumatic times at the end of the day. And I will stand by this as super, you know, country as this may be. And I am from Louisiana. Um, But 24 hour news networks and uh, we became aware of the trauma in the world. And I mean, people choose every day to either watch 24 hour news and hear all of the awful things. They're on Facebook seeing all of the awful things. You know, how much time do we inundate ourselves with frankly, just sad things yeah. And this expectation that that will not impact us in, mm, in deep ways. What we take in, absolutely. Is, it's respectfully yeah. very naive, right? And so, and I've said this before because people, when I go to Empower, they're like, you're not on social media. I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. I literally can't. Like, yeah. I have to be so present for everything happening here yes. Yes. and also, you know, parenting oh, totally. um, yeah. and being a wife and yep. all of that. But I can't, every time I get on Facebook, I'm like, oh, good, seven people's child has cancer. And yeah. I'm just devastated, you know, and sure. you want to pray for them. But I, I really stand with the idea that the we don't... Um, we don't assess the capacity that we actually have to handle things. Mm. 
And so we're taking all of this in and we're not setting a boundary with our capacity, our capacity with our heart and our minds. And so, you know, that doesn't really answer, but you know, you're just like, I'm really sad. So then my kids were like, it's all, we are in this systemic society that is all, everyone's interacting with each other and impacting each other. And I mean, this is just where we're at, you know? And so, I mean, we can we can do all the things and do all the statistics, but at the end of the day, and then I think again, circling back that there's just an acceptance of, well, little Johnny's sad. Well, he must be depressed. There's Mm. something wrong with him. Yeah. And because we don't know how to deal with root issues. Oh, right. Yeah. That's so good. And so, so and, and, and it's nobody's fault. It just is what it is. But now, you know, my call to action would be, well, actually, I mean, I think we can do something about this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's so good. And I love, um, I gosh, I, I hadn't even really thought of it in that way, but talking about what we are taking in affects us, how we assume like, oh, it's not that bad or this isn't going to affect me. Um, and again, just uh, the continual, I guess, processing of that, you know, like you mentioned, the social media, you turn the news on, like I know friends mm-hmm. um that watch news 24 seven. And that was my story. Like you as social media, I had to stop. I mean, I have to stop literally. It cannot be on my phone because, mm-hmm. um, there's just a difference in my mindset, my thoughts, my anxiety level. And I think people, I don't know. I I've thought this thought before, like, well, gosh, I just need to like pull myself up by my bootstraps and just handle it. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but then giving yourself that permission to have those boundaries or those safeguards, like, right. That's that's really, that's a practical tool for mental health for yourself. Yeah. And this is probably another podcast, but we, we just weren't created to, to carry the Mm. world's burdens in that way. We, we we have a community for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I know that some people have built a community online and and that's, I'm I'm not even, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just asking people to kind of assess, you know, I, I can be here for you. Mm-hmm. I can't be here for you and 75 other people that I've never met before. Right. I just can't. Yeah. Right. And right. so, and then, and then we kind of can make ourselves, especially if we're a helper, you know, mm. like we can just, we're just pouring out ourselves constantly and never yeah. being refilled. And we're just, that's just not how community was specifically created to yeah. be. Community is intentional, right. you know, and the whole, like all the adages, right. It takes a village and right. all of those things. Well, what is a village now? I don't even know. Sure. And I think what's so cool though, is that the church really has an oppor- unique opportunity in this time and space to actually redefine what community is mm, um, in all the ways they've respectfully messed it up <laughs> and can fix yeah. some of those things. Yeah. And we have a place because people are, are literally dying for it. Absolutely. And so, you know, Absolutely. I think it's, it's a really, even though it seems really sad, it's actually a very exciting time that the mm-hmm. church can step up um, and be there and support people in ways that it never has been able to before. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's so good, girl. Um, let me ask you these last two, just because we're breaking down terms and giving people hopefully a clearer picture of this incredibly deep topic. Um, it's like fit it all in 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. If this is clear to you, please email (laughs) and say, I got it. I think. Yes, please. Um, can you speak to before we go complex trauma and attachment those are two things that yeah. affect a lot of what we have discussed today so could yeah. you maybe give just a little bit of background to what those two things are before we jump into our next episode sure and so i'll just give the this is the non-clinical just so people can you know hopefully it will make sense but sure. complex trauma is basically multiple traumatic events um i mean it can be anything from you know uh abuse it mm-hmm. could be 
uh, an event, you know, car wrecks or, you know, it just can be anything. And, and I've, I've, I've said this before. I don't know how often I've said it on here, but I think one thing is we have to be really careful about what, what we define as other people's trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you do not get to decide what was traumatic for another human being. Um, and, and I know you and I've had this conversation before too, about, right. You have three kids Mm -hmm. and the way your three children would experience an event is going to be completely different. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times we put on ourselves, well, that, you know, well, that happened to me and I'm fine. Right. Right. Great. The cool story uh, <laughs> right. has nothing to do with this other person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, we, and we're not giving them an excuse to not walk in freedom. I don't mean that, but have some compassion and yeah, just know man. that. But it can be just very small things. It can be, um, you know, I've worked with people before that that basically um, their their parent was sick and mm-hmm. left for a couple of weeks when they were young, but it wasn't communicated to them very well. Mm-hmm. And so the, at that moment, there was an agreement of abandonment. Yeah. And then this other thing happens to... to uh, confirm that. Or, yeah, yeah, to confirm that. that. Yeah, exactly. Which, as we know in life... The lies we believe, the enemy is really good about making sure they get confirmed over and over and over and over and over. And we're like, oh, so it is real. I am this or I am that or this did happen or you know what I'm saying? And and then, of course, there's just the more obvious that are just the horrific abuses that that are done to people Um, in the name of of Jesus sometimes, Mm. which is just the most sickening, I think, in, in my heart. And then, uh, no, I don't know. It's all horrible. But, you know, and then the others of just really unhealthy people just pouring out more unhealth. Right. Yeah. And so, but it's multiple, generally multiple events complex. So it may be like an unstable environment plus abuse plus struggles with learning because of not having a healthy environment. And it just all kind of eats itself, if that makes sense and and creates this complex environment. Um, And then with attachment, that is something, and I'm so thankful that we're talking about that more and more. Um, But, you know, I mean, it can be everything from, you know, uh, a baby that had to be in the NICU, right? That's a traumatic experience on a baby, on a family, that sort of thing. And there's, and so that's what we've learned, you know, when someone has a baby that they do like skin to skin Mm -hmm. and that's so important for attachment. Um, a lot of it we hear about, you know, now all of the work that people are doing with children they've adopted. And so how do we really attach because they didn't have a healthy start, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but, but that's really a big piece of it. A lot of people act out of, you know, or maybe, you know, both parents were working all of the time and there just wasn't a place to connect but we are mammals we we will attach yeah that's what we're made to do and so if anything disrupts that um and then you know and of course i didn't find this study i think you told me to but at the q conference they referenced you know they now have a a study about if if a new mother has her phone in the room Mm -hmm. just in the room that that affects attachment that's crazy Right. And so, and none of this to say, none of this to be like, I, you know, cause I have people, they were like, well, she was just a good baby and I didn't pick her up that yeah. much, yeah. but that's what we, how we were created to attach to, you know, the picking up and the vestibular movements and all of those sorts of things. And, sure. you know, so none of it, this is for every parent that is listening to this being like, I don't think I picked up my kid enough. Like right, no. it's fine. You can fix it. It's okay. Right. Right. But you know, it, it does impact. And the point being really, if we go down to what we do impacts other people yeah. at whatever le- intentional, unintentional, it just does. Yeah. And then the thing is, how do we handle that? How do we come back from that? How do we help people walk through freedom out of their hurts? So yes. I hope that explains oh, yeah. it a little no, bit. That was so yeah. good. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed going to school today with Brooke Kales. Because <laughs> it was so interesting. That was so dorky. But it's true. I, I um, Gosh, man, just so insightful. And even having a place here to ask some of those questions that I've 
thought or wondered before, but maybe assumed. And um, I hope for you guys, you found it extremely helpful and practical too. And this is the last thing I'll say before we go today. Just know um, that that asking for help um, is not a sign of weakness and making referral is not a sign of weakness. I know Brooke mentioned earlier about um, not masquerading or pretending to be something that you're not. And especially in the world of counseling um, and with especially with those who are helpers, we really want to reiterate and drive home the point that referral is not failure. And when you are discipling someone mm-hmm. and you refer them to somebody else for counseling, that doesn't mean that you failed them. That actually means yeah. that you are you are doing your job. You are, you recognize yeah. your role. You're operating in that strength and you, um, are really, you're playing the much needed part. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for being with us today. We've got one more episode on this specific topic. We're going to dive a little bit more into the area of the church specifically with mental health and the good, the bad, and all the things. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Anyways, join us next time here on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.